I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. (laughs) So last episode, Claire covered a female serial killer. I did. And we all know that female killers are kind of rare. They are. A rare breed. A rare breed. I've got another one for you. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. I'm so excited. They're so interesting. They really are. They really are. So this is the yoga shop burner. (laughs) You've never heard of it? (laughs) Yes. The yoga shop murderer? The yoga store yoga shop. Oh, my oh, God. I almost always... Okay, sorry. It's yoga store. I say yoga shop because I always think of the yogurt shop murders. <laughs> okay, it's yoga store. Yoga sorry, store. Not shop. Doesn't even matter. It's about yoga it, it's and about it's yoga. about a woman and I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. Oh, my God. Please okay. tell me like the murders were petty. It was just like a petty killing. Was it well, a petty killing? It appears that way, but I mean... There's a lot more to There's it. There's a lot. I, I think. Okay. Well, okay. We just, let's start. Okay. Okay. Tell me all about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so on March 12, 2011, the manager of the Lululemon Athletica store in Bethesda, Maryland, was opening up the store for the day. When she walks in, she hears a sound coming from inside. Ooh, creepy. And she's the first person there. Oh, God. Like the lights are off. No one should be in the store. So instead of heading in alone, she asks a man nearby to accompany her inside. That's probably a smart decision. Probably smart, yeah. Although, you know, stranger danger. Yeah. But I whatever. Mean, I don't know. So, <laughs> I mean, better than going in alone. Agreed. So the two enter the store, and they are met with an incredibly gruesome crime scene. Tell me about it. Okay. Blood is everywhere. Oh, gross. And they see the body of a woman laying face down. And she's been beaten to death. Ah, the beatings. Oh, I my know. God. <laughs> and so they can tell immediately that she's not alive. So they keep looking around for the source of the sound. In the back of the store, in the bathroom, is another woman's body. And she's been beaten as well, but she's still breathing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> the manager and the guy realize that they're Standing in the middle of a crime scene. So being the smart people that they are, they leave the store and call the police instead of disturbing the scene anymore. And when the first responders get there, they begin assessing the situation. They know there's at least two bodies inside. So they walk in, notice the first woman's body because she's just kind of in the lobby of the store. And they confirm that she is dead. She appears to be in her late 20s. Her pants are slit open at the crotch and her private parts are exposed. And they instantly suspect sexual assault because clearly. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's not the only disturbing detail. Oh, God. Ah, her body okay. is covered in 331 separate wounds, including two stab wounds. Wait, wait, wait. OK, OK. So <laughs> That's so many. <laughs> so were only two of them stab wounds? Two of them are stab wounds. The rest are like, she's been beaten severely with different objects. And two of uh, them are stabs. Oh my God. Okay. 331. It's a what? lot. It's a lot. That's exhausting. I know. That is Literally overkill. That took like 30 minutes, probably. Yes. 
So the first responders continue looking around and they find the other woman. She also appears to be in her late 20s. She is bound with zip ties and laying on the ground with her arms like zip tied above her head and her legs are zip tied too. And her eyes are closed. So she looks like she's dead. Mm -hmm. But when one of the first responders touches her, she flinches. (gasps) Oh my God. So she's alive. Okay. And... Based on her wounds, this actually isn't very shocking because you would expect her wounds to be similar to the other person. And she was attacked, just not as violently for whatever reason. I don't really know. Like her attack is much less. I mean, it's still terrible. Right. But it's not nearly as bad as bad. Well, it almost makes me think that maybe she was accidentally stumbled upon the murder. That's what they think, too. Yeah, because... Clearly, the first woman they found, that was who this person was targeting, which I'm still flabbergasted by the amount of wounds that she, yeah. that someone inflicted on her body. And then this poor person probably, like, just walked in. Like, maybe like ending a, or something. Yeah. Do we know if she was, like, a worker at this particular yoga store? She was? Okay. Yes. So, yeah, she probably just accidentally stumbled upon this happening and... You know, being the killer that this woman was, she had to do something about her so to get rid of eyewitness anything. Mm-hmm. God, it's horrible. I know. So, okay, her <laughs> pants are slit in the same spot. Okay. Also indicating that she was sexually assaulted. Right. Um, but the only severe wound on her body is a cut across her stomach and a bunch of other cuts, on, like a bunch of other wounds, but not 331 of them. Yeah. And <laughs> so... a massive amount. I'm like, <laughs> I know. So she's rushed to the hospital and treated for her wounds, and they begin processing the crime scene, which is a pretty big task because this is, like, one of the most gruesome crime scenes I've ever heard of. I saw some crime scene photos, and it literally looks like a Quentin Tarantino movie, but there's a bunch of fancy yoga pants everywhere. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. The the amount of blood... That is all. Oh God! I just like I'm like thinking about it. I know. Horrible. So imagine how long that took. A pretty long time. Pretty long time. Yeah. So once the surviving victim is treated for her wounds, they begin interviewing her right away. Now, sometimes officers will let a victim chill for a second before like making them recount everything that happened. Yeah, Lord. But not in this case. They wanted to know everything, and they wanted to know it now because she survived and she doesn't look like she's been, like, too terribly beaten. So they particularly particularly want to know everything because of the location of this crime. They're in Bethesda, Maryland, which is a fancy-ass town, <laughs> and <laughs> it has a population of about 60,000, so it's not that big. Mm-mm, that's pretty small. Um, for comparison, Fort Collins has about 160,000. Mm-hmm. But Bethesda touches Washington, D.C. So the town is full of highly educated, rich people. Yeah. And, you know, like the people would probably shop at Lululemon. Like probably. that exact demographic is this whole entire town. Yeah. I mean, if there's a standalone store, <laughs> yeah, there's probably a huge demographic to to go there. And I mean... It sounds like it would be like a suburb of D.C. So It is, yeah. Yeah, so like a lot of people who probably work on the Hill live there mm-hmm. because D.C. can kind of be the worst yep. sometimes. <laughs> so, And if you don't know what Lululemon is, it's just a very high-end yoga clothing store. Their right. pants are like $100. It's just it's a nice 
workout apparel store. Right. If you don't know what that is, where have you been? Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) So after interviewing the victim, authorities had more than enough information to get started on an investigation. Well, that's good. Here's what they learned. Tell me. Before I tell you. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Now, I've already told you our murderer is a woman. Uh, Yes, you did tell me that. You're going to have some theories, but I want you to hold them till I ask you what they are. Because what we're about to learn is not going to add up and it's going to be clear right away. All right. Okay. So. (laughs) Okay. This is what. I'm so excited. Okay. This is what the victim tells the police. Tell me. On the night of March 11th, so the night before, Mm -hmm. Lululemon employee Brittany Norwood, her, the Mm -hmm. the one who survived, and her supervisor, Jaina Murray, the deceased victim, closed up the shop and left for the night. You look so stressed out right now. I know. I just, I'm trying, I I feel like you're going to tell me something so mind-boggling that my brain is going to blow up. Not that big Okay, okay. (laughs) You set it up in such a way. I I mean, it's very shocking, but your brain will be okay. Okay. I promise. So, um, Brittany was new to this Lululemon location. She had worked at a previous one prior, but she had been moved to this location about a month prior to this. Okay. So, she's been working there for a little bit. And that night, she, when she left the store, she forgot her wallet, which had her Metro card in it. So she couldn't get home. So since she's new, she doesn't have a key to the store, so she can't just go back and get it. So she calls Jaina and asks if she would mind returning to the store for a moment to let her in so she could grab her wallet. Jaina agrees, and they meet at the storefront at about 10 p.m. Okay. They walk in. They- right. They don't lock the door behind them because they're just going in really quickly. Right. Grabbing the wallet. They head back to the back of the store. Brittany gets her wallet. And as they're heading out, they see two men. One is really short. One is really tall. They're white. And they're wearing black clothes and ski masks. Okay. Brittany and Jaina try to fight back, but they are ultimately defeated. One takes Brittany. One takes Jaina. They're both sexually assaulted and physically assaulted. Brittany says that they then tied her up in the bathroom with zip ties, and she assumes they did the same to Jaina out in the store, but she doesn't really know because they got separated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is when police have to tell her that Jaina did not survive. Like she doesn't. Brittany doesn't even know this because she's been in the bathroom the whole time. Gosh. Yeah. What a, that would be such a horrible thing to learn. I know that you were the sole survivor. Like, she has no clue. Yeah. So this is all Brittany knows, which is a lot for police to go off of initially. Right. So they have descriptions of the perpetrators. They know exactly what happened. They, Hmm. you know, they start digging into the story. And so I know you're, like, looking for holes in her story right now because I told you to. Yes. But, I mean, she's been beaten herself. So she, I mean, that could have very well been her, like, what she remembers having happened and something else could have happened that right. maybe she's like blocking out mentally or she's maybe she was like unconscious for some of it. Right. You and know, I, there's a lot that could be going on. The here. trauma could totally erase things. Mm-hmm. I mean, repressed memories is a thing. The first thing detectives notice is that the crime scene demonstrates a huge struggle. Like it's evident that whatever happened, these women fought back. And the second thing they notice, which helps them sort of build their theory of the crime, Mm -hmm. is that all of the money from the safe is gone. Right. 
So a robbery, robbery gone, gone wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you remember, they're not supposed to be there. The the store's closed. Mm-hmm. So there's also a back door to this store, and it's one of those doors that when you press on it, it um it has like you have to press the thing in to push it open. Yeah, and it um signals an alarm when you do that. Right. So it's one of those like emergency back doors. Mm-hmm. And there's bloody finger or bloody footprints leading all the way to it, and bloody fingerprints on it. Interesting. No alarm. No alarm. No blood past that. So one of those (gasps) girls got all the way to that door and tried to escape. And tried to escape. And as they touched it, they got got dragged back. (gasps) Oh my god! Like straight out of a freaking movie. Seriously. Like a. Oh my god. I know. (laughs) Ah, this case. Okay. So Brittany, Brittany's story shocks the town of Bethesda. No one could remember the last time that anything like this happened there. And people are terrified. This, Like I said, right. this is not a town where crime happens. It's a really small, high-class town. Right. Yeah, and we can relate to that. Yeah, we live in a—I mean, we have a Lululemon here, too. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. We have that. And a Chanel. Did you know that? We have a Chanel store. Yeah, there's like where? a Chan- Well, it's not in Fort Collins, but as I was driving up here this morning, there's like a Chanel really close by. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're pretty similar. If something like that happened here, everyone would freak out. Oh, yeah. And— so this happened in Bethesda Rose Shopping Center, which is like an, a luxurious outdoor mall. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like downtown, like old town here in Fort Collins, like yeah. individual store stores. It's mm-hmm. outdoors. And there's an Apple store right next door. And they had released the iPad 2 that night. So cool. you would expect people to be everywhere. Oh, yeah. The lines for those things are insane. Mm-hmm. And if this is a wealthy neighborhood right off of dc central there would be a line yeah of people so the fact that no one saw or heard anything is making people freak out even more yeah because i mean lululemon i mean like most stores have glass front yeah and it does like yeah so people can see in there Mm -hmm. and if there's a struggle happening i would assume that they would if like they said they were fighting off their attackers so there would have been screams there's blood everywhere yes like Stuff went down there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So. Yeah. So, anyway. But, okay. Okay. So, businesses install more security cameras. Good idea. People hire private security guards, like, for themselves, for everyone. Uh Uh-huh. Random community members who didn't even know Brittany or Jaina help with the investigation. They ask around, like, what stores are selling ski masks? Like, let's figure this out. Right. There's even an award for information leading to an arrest in the amount of $150,000 right away. Wow. Which is, it's not uncommon for there to be an award of that amount. Mm-mm. What is uncommon is for that award to, like, appear right away. Right. For Normally, the, that's, yeah. like, a cold case situation or, I mean, I guess not even a cold case, but, like, we've been looking for, like, a week and haven't found anything. Right. Like, and this I, is, like, the day after. Right. And so, like, you think about, like, the Suzanne Joven case we talked about yeah. last season. That award came out much later uh-huh. afterwards. And that thing was a cold case for, it's been a cold case 20th. for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's really interesting how quickly they came up with the money for all Because people are, like, losing their crap. They're so scared. Yeah. And, I mean... Like we said before, it's right by D.C., and I'm sure there are people that work in government agencies in uh-huh. this neighborhood, so I'm sure they want to feel protected since right. they're, you know, suspicious as hell. But yeah. yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about the victims. 
Jaina, the dead one, was thirty. <laughs> Jaina, you know the, Jaina, the dead. You one. know the dead one who got yeah. brutally murdered. Three hundred and thirty-one. Yeah, wounds. that that Jaina. Cool. Yeah, I remember her. <laughs> so she was thirty years old and pursuing a career in international marketing. She's originally from Texas, but she's up here because she was earning her MBA from John Hopkins. Oh, that's cool. I know. I want to earn my MBA from John Hopkins. I know. It makes it, like, really sad. Yeah, jeez. So, Jaina's an awesome person. She's, like, really beautiful, really outgoing, and that sucks. And she shouldn't have been murdered. No. (laughs) So, Brittany was 27 and pursuing a career in personal training. She previously played soccer at Stony Brook University on a scholarship. Cool. Before moving to Maryland. Mm -hmm. And they're both... I mean, just really beautiful. They really come from really nice, really close knit families. So, mm-hmm. you know, all just this horrible is terrible. all around. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Gonna ask you. No, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Okay. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more. No, no, no. I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> What's your theory? My theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think's going on here? Well, I have a theory that. Brittany is the killer, and that okay. she injured herself and fabricated the entire crime scene and um, purposely made it look like there had been a sexual assault by ripping her pants and um, Jaina's pants and then tied herself up with zip ties, which you can totally do, by the way, mm-hmm. and then tighten it with your teeth. And then she injured herself and pretended to be half dead and then um, fabricated the entire story. Because as we know, this person is a female killer. You told me that already. So we know that it wasn't the two men that she claimed to have seen. So that's my theory. Any other theories? Mm, I think that the two men in, in another theory that, yeah. So if it isn't Brittany and she's telling the complete truth, I think the two men were actually women and they were masking their voices somehow. And um, they attacked the store and pretended that it was a sexual assault to make the, to like take um, the police down that path of looking for male attackers, mm-hmm. which is so crafty and annoying. And I just like, <laughs> crafty. <laughs> yeah. So those are the two theories. Those are the only two that I can think of at the moment. Okay. I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> one of those is correct. Really? Okay. And I will tell you about them in part two. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening to Killer Vibes. Bye. Bye.